Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, the word is out. They're gonna talk about and the silver screen Kevin and Tom and Joe know all there is to know from masterpieces to deep fried tacos and if the movie sucks you might hear them say there's no telling where the guys will take you get ready for a spoiler won't say it twice cause we're already Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 632, Cherry. There's really not a way to mispronounce this one. Sorry. Can't really mess that up. My, well, the, you the could, cherry? Here's how you can mess it up. Make this movie. Yeah. Oof. I don't disagree. <laughs> oh, what a <laughs> yeah. burger. Talk, so, talk about messing up. Yeah. <laughs> Swing and a miss. <laughs> Oh my god! So uh, I told you guys. Yeah, I told you when we goodness. were picking movies. I'm like, we need to talk because I watched this a month ago, and oh. like I've been holding on to it. And I'm like, this and is you the thought movie we had to suffer want... too. <laughs> no, but it's like coming off the biggest movie of all time. And Not anymore. Russo's, Russo's decide to say, "Not anymore." Yeah, let's make this. <laughs> What's, Avatar you know, beat it their, by like a thousand bucks. It's their like, oh, let's show we can do different things. Like, yes. suck. Like, <laughs> yeah. You watch oh, so they're, they're normal filmmakers like everybody else. Yeah, totally. It's like I watched this movie and it was like, like, okay, yeah, this is this is from the people who made you, me, and Dupree. That makes <laughs> right, right. They were trying to get away from that when they went right. to the MCU. Now, yeah, <laughs> they did when they were at the MCU. Oh man, maybe maybe they should just tie their tie their entire career to Kevin Feige and hold on for dear life. Yes, and Community. Uh, if they make a Community movie, they're allowed to go back and do that's that. fair. That's, that's fair. So. And Arrested Development, too, right? Oh, yeah, like that's right. They that worked on that, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. were they? Yeah. That's why the, the, this the ladder stair cars. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's go around the virtual table, and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. And before we get into the movie proper, shameless plugs, don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find them. Be sure and follow us. Uh, Apple, now, in case you didn't know, wants you to say follow instead of subscribe. Oh, okay. Well, and apparently Apple's making movies too. So, yeah. well, they made this. Are they? Yeah. 
So I mean, they well, are. You're right. It, so it was a movie. Yes. Here's my theory, though, on why they're changing that is because they're okay. going to come up with podcasts that you can subscribe, i.e. pay for, and they oh. don't want people to say subscribe anymore. They want people to say follow. So you can follow mm. us where, wherever you get your podcast from. Other places say follow anyway. I just thought that was an interesting little yeah. tweak yeah. to the verbiage that they've rolled out. So mm-hmm. um, also... Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And uh, the group is called the League of Show Sharers. And people who were kind enough to share the show this week, Heather Sachs, Pat Andy, Julianne Jordan, Travis Tewitt, Chris Williams, Gabriel Lugo, Chris Sanders, Ralph Tribble, Chris Magic Man, Ron Johnson, Tammy Sherman Powers, Aaron Marlowe, Chris Falls, uh, Minorities Report, We Have a Hulk Podcast, Brad Hyen, Mike Mike and Oscar, Sarah Clements, uh, invasion of the remake Ryan Terry from the Forza Crowd podcast Geek to Me Radio Binge Movies Matt Naglia Feel and Film Ronnie Castle Chris Wilson and In Session Film so thank you very much for sharing an episode it helps us a lot it's why we encourage you to do it and here's a new way to encourage you to do it what if there was a prize for it what oh I'd be in what, you can't you you work <laughs> oh, here. Yeah, I thought every yeah. time you get my hopes up yeah so uh, we've got some copies of Promising Young Woman to give away. I would th- think Erilyn Marlowe is very, ex- very excited about this, but she probably already owns it. So she. I, I was going to say, it. by the time this comes out, it had just came yeah. out this week. I'm pretty sure she has it. So uh, <laughs> it's out on Blu-ray, and so you can uh, you can pick yours up wherever you get your Blu-rays, or you can win one from us by sharing an episode. We will uh, we will take our winners or winner. I don't know how many do we got to give away. Uh, we have like five. Okay, Kevin's debating on how many do we. How, he's he's <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, we, we got one. six, how but I want one for myself. <laughs> so uh, we will draw our winners from the people who share this week's episode of the movie. Unfortunately, the movie is Cherry, but that's uh, <laughs> you know you deal with the hand you got. So. We're not giving them a copy of Cherry. Like so, no, you know. but you still got to show your friends. Like that is also fair. <laughs> Here's this really lousy <laughs> but, movie. This is our discussion about Cherry. We're not they're not sharing Cherry, they're sharing us you know. Well, we'll get into that. Totally. <laughs> so you they you should position it as here they are talking about a really bad movie, but I'm trying to win a good movie. <laughs> a really good movie. <laughs> it's so. like they balance out the universes evened out by this whole exchange. Perhaps. So perfectly uh, balanced in every way. Yeah. <laughs> so uh well done. Promising Young Woman is now yours to own on digital Blu-ray and DVD. Dive deeper into the critically acclaimed and wildly entertaining Promising Young Woman starring Academy Award nominee Carrie Mulligan. Don't miss the Rotten Tomatoes certified fresh film that critics are calling a game-changing masterpiece and one of the best films of the year, now with exclusive bonus content that takes you behind the scenes of the edge-of-your-seat story with the cast and writer-director Emerald Fennell. Bring home the film everyone is talking about today on digital, Blu-ray, and DVD if you really kick it old school. So how do I win? By sharing this week's episode on oh. Facebook or Twitter. Excellent. Ta-da. So there, there's uh, how that was a really shameless plug. Also, don't forget, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers, where for five bucks a month, you get all sorts of bonus content and you help us out, and that is greatly appreciated. So... And yes. more important than ever, the Patreon. And and I want to say, of course, as we always do, we really appreciate everyone that uh, since we've started a couple of years has chipped into the Patreon. It's a huge help, uh, especially when we've needed to buy equipment and replace things that break. But also, we now have an editor, uh, The Vern from Cinema Recall. Um, he's taking a load off of me because it's you know I've got a lot going on with the baby and work and everything, and 
Um, getting the episodes out on time is super important to us. So you're still seeing the episodes every week as they regularly are released on Thursdays. Um, but we need an editor to do that. And uh, what we're paying is more than we make on the Patreon right now. And we don't have a whole lot of other sources of income. So as our funds deplete and, you know, it's they're going to get lower and lower and lower and eventually if we run out of money for editors then it's going to be like well hopefully we can get it out this week so i'm not trying to like put the doom and gloom on but that's the reality of the situation is that you know in a few months at the rate that we're spending on editing versus our funds we could be completely out of money and then it's just like i hope you know hopefully we can stay consistent so if you guys can spare five dollars a month and i know we say it every week but seriously it's more of a like this could really help the stability you know if you appreciate the 600 plus episodes we've done and all the work and time that goes into it if you can spare five bucks a month and if we got you know a handful of listeners to do that uh we could at least break even every month on the editing and you know and keep the show going on a consistent basis like really um you know and i know it's a hard time for everyone but if you can do it 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 means a tremendous amount to us I will also say Brad Hyen got his comic books. If you bump, if you instead of the five bucks, if you bump to the seven dollar, uh, I will send you two comic books from my collection. Uh, they will not be bagged and boarded. They will be in an envelope. Um, trust me, they're nothing special, but they're coming directly from me. Uh, I'll write a nice little message on the envelope. Uh, Alex Carlo, who also donated, is in the UK, so hopefully those will be there at some point. <laughs> I don't know when, but and- they, those are out as well. But uh, I brad's actually got returned to sender <laughs> so oh, i had geez. to drive them over to his house <laughs> You're like, so I'm that's what i posted you again yes on these. i walked i walked them to his front door and i left them there but and you know when we say like five dollars is the entry tier i mean if yeah. you can spare 10 if you can i mean we're just, we're not trying to be greedy but it's just whatever you can spare a month whatever if we can is get lowest one five. person to give us a million dollars yeah if if, if, if if you could if find, we can get an eccentric billionaire we will never donate. do another episode yeah. we'll split the million. <laughs> but anyway it means a lot and so whatever you guys can spare but seriously if you've never contemplated if you listen to the episode every week and you're like yeah cool and you just kind of tune out because we say patreon every week we say it for a reason and again it's been extremely helpful up until this point we've used it for equipment and stuff but now we do have you know we have to hire an editor every single week and i just noticed that you know we make about half a month uh just you know to put it out in general terms we pay double what we make a month so that can't last forever and we just want to make sure that we can keep delivering content so federal government no right we can't unfortunately we can't just print money and we also can't just uh make people do things uh well i guess we could probably make joe learn how to edit i guess if we had to but we don't want it to come to that no nobody does keep keep it it up (laughs) do you know how many chicken noises probably won't be in the show at that point zero (laughs) so uh, unedited baby so anyway uh so if you could help out that would be greatly appreciated and i guess let's uh let's dig into the movie god Damn it. So this movie is, what, two and a half hours? Which I feel why? like I'm still why? watching it. There's no... I, I, okay. There are moments and there are films and movies that deserve... That need to be two and a half hours. Right? Avengers Endgame. Of course. I get it. Yeah. The Godfather. I get it. Titanic. Well, fine. Whatever. But you're but right. But, but there's no movie, reason. There's no reason this movie needs to be that long. But I was thinking of some of those movies when I was looking at the runtime and, and after watching the movie. They want it to be 
Goodfellas. They want it yeah. to be God. They want this to be an epic. Saga. Oh, you are you saying you want they want Cherry to be one of in the? I think that's they what they the thought they were doing. Yeah, the reason it's two and a half hours is because the Russos thought they were doing. And not to say the subject matter or the point they were trying to make isn't important, but they thought they were doing it. And we want went on an epic journey that took the runtime of an entire movie to get to the point of what they were trying to say. They're yeah. like, "Hey, I'm Robin Banks. Oh, let's go all the way back." to high school and then an, an hour and a half later it's like oh hey let's rob some banks and they thought they were doing this epic build-up like a goodfellas type here's how we got here type thing you know um, here's the other thing about goodfellas and all those the same the flicks we just talked about is you're not you're not well you are rooting for henry hill right at like the beginning you kind of are because it's it's this insulated world where it kind of yes. feels i mean this is the game like mafia movies always play right where it's right. like as long as they're only hurting other other mafia people, which you know isn't true, but it's what they're sh- it's right. all they're showing right, you. Right, right, right. But you don't feel is bad. Now it's just a game everybody opted in on, and so if you get burned, that's on you. Yeah, it's, that's the one, reason why pain and gain doesn't work for me at least. Right, it works. I think pain, the first two thirds of it works, mm-hmm. and and then they bring in innocent people, and it didn't shift tones like it needed to. And it's a real story. Now, if they brought in just innocent characters, yeah, that would suck, but it wouldn't be as bad. But when you try to make light of and make a comedy about real people that these people kidnapped and killed, like, I can't be entertained by that. That's not fun. No, so. it's it's weird because, it, oh, but yes, to your point, it's like Tom Holland in this movie is a garbage person. He's a garbage person. He, uh, I, I don't know. He I brings mean, everybody that it comes into contact with him down or dead but he's also but he's also struggling with addiction like i don't think it's it's hard when you're doing a movie about people that have issues right if there's you know and and a lot of people are affected by uh mental health you know whether it be anxiety whether it be depression whether it be addiction whether you know and i mean you know all that stuff so it's hard to say because yes i mean yeah the character does some unlikable things but i think a lot of that is caused by his struggles and his issues he's going for like he's not a he's not a serial killer you know what i mean it's not that kind of a that's you know, true. whatever right i mean he's he's kind of a victim well of... the movie definitely wants you to sympathize with him i mean right by the way they the way they set it up right like it's like oh well the the banks were screwing him on overdraft fees and all all the banks he walks into have fake names like bank and bank i did i did kind of like that like if you look at every like it's sergeant so-and-so or uh like all of the name yeah like all of the names or every like nothing there are some good things here like they're trying some stuff which i appreciate but it's that just does not it falls well yeah let's let's talk about that so i like movies that are different and stylistic you know and really unique and trying new things and so but for me all those things did not work in this movie like i think the russos wanted to after endgame they did their big two plus billion dollar you know biggest movie of all time asterisk whatever you know it's gonna go back and forth forever but they did this thing and they want to prove oh yeah but we can make a really important art house movie and we can have all these visual flashes like this movie is so bloated and full mm-hmm. of itself and patting itself on the back for how clever it is with rectal camera shots and that was all so the, dumb and all the signs and stuff. yeah but I, they I were didn't even realize what we were doing until i was like oh we're in his butt right cool. but like right. if it hadn't been so indulgent it's so self-indulgent with the things they tried to do and i mean when, the break- when they were up when they had that camera up as i thought the film was gonna see itself <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that's <laughs> true so 
I mean, the choices they made to be so hyper stylistic, like, and they were kind of trying to do it. Didn't the big short do stuff like that? Isn't this kind of a clever, like a, you know, like Adam McKay can do like a comedy yeah. about a true story, but inject little funny things to make it like, you know, entertaining. Yeah, he but did, also- and he did it in the, uh, in the, the Dick Cheney movie. Right. Vice. Oh, had, a similar, yeah. had a similar vibe, but, but see there he's doing that. And I think it worked better in the Big Short than it did in the Dick Cheney movie. Even though I I like them both, I like the Big Short better. But um, but he uses it in a way which is like he's taking incredibly dry material mm-hmm. and he's using that to 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 try and get you to like, hey, 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 pay attention. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell. I'm going to explain subprime mortgages to you, and you're first, and you're glazing over, but just because I just said subprime mortgages, so like, <laughs> I, like, like, hang on. I'm going to make it fun or I'm going to make it funny or quirky. Like there's a there's a purpose behind the the stylization. It's effective. It's very and, effective. And it, yeah, and like this just seemed like like I like when movies do that too, but like I don't know, it never it's it self-indulgent. Never, it's It never felt worth it or earned it or, didn't, or, yeah. or 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 having served a purpose cuz it's like another movie that's hyper stylized and right out of the gate, and but it for, but it works from the jump. Is book smart, and I know it's a wildly sure. different story. Yeah. But that movie is so stylized, and I loved every frame of it. It was probably my favorite movie that year. Book smart, Zombieland, Scott Pilgrim. You know, Drive. movies that are sty- extremely yeah. Uh, uh, Drive is. I think Drive is very stylized. Yeah, but maybe I, only I feel God like that's more of an eighties vibe thing to it. Not oh, as, that's that's fair. You know I what I mean? Like God stylized is like you know graphics on the screen and changing things and like really like you know. But like there are movies that do it really well. But you're right, Tom. This one didn't serve a purpose. I mean, it was there, but they don't highlight it enough. It's not. It's like peripheral stuff, and it's not yeah. making a point of the story they're trying to tell. Like the story they're trying to tell here is drug drug addiction. It's the opioid crisis. But yeah. it takes a really really long time to get there. And then yeah. when they get there, and he's they never really focus on why he has these issues. Like you know the government isn't paying enough attention to veterans. They're not. There's not enough help and in, in the medical. You know there's not enough medical support and and healthcare and stuff. But like it's never really the focus. Like you could miss what point they're trying to make because they never can focus long well, enough. Yeah, that's exactly um, right. The, there's no the, the, he, he's got all of these different issues, right? So he's just to break it down real fast. He meets the girl and he meets this girl in high in college. Uh, they end up getting married. He well, he well, meets her in high school, I think, doesn't he? Or is she? No, no I, I took it. He's a freshman in college. He's a freshman, freshman in college. In college. They okay. get together. Yeah. She's kind of she's damaged as well, but in like a, a kind of a crappy upbringing. Uh, she tells him he's go- she's going to Toronto. They break up. He feels directionless. He being Tom Holland feels directionless. So he joins the military. She comes back. Um, says I was all just I was kind of making it up because I have these strong feelings for you. He's like, well, <laughs> I got bad news. I don't I'm think she going was making the- it up. I think she was going to do it because she realized and she realized that he was kind of keep like pulling her back. Not a bad person, but like he she kept holding on. She wanted to go. She has a career in mind. Like a lot of people get wrapped up in a relationship and they don't go to college or don't do the things they want to do, right? And like if they did that stuff first, then they can worry about the relationship and the whole rest of their life and be more financially secure, blah, blah, blah. She was worried that she would be stuck in this small Ohio town for the rest of her life and she had aspirations of going to and college she and stuff. Was right. Right, right. Yeah. So <laughs> so she says I'm going to do this and she was going to do it and then she realized at the last minute like I can't. I love this guy, but by then it's too late. And oh, like Oh, see I t- I took it as 
she saw her parents' marriage fall apart, so she doesn't believe in love. Uh, he says, I love you, and she freaks out. And she's like, I'm leaving. I Because remember, like, he says, I, I, I think, love you. I think you guys are really on the same page. It's just you said that she made up going to Toronto, yeah. and Kevin's saying that she was really going to yeah. go. Oh, it, I, like, see, I see, I see. What, that wasn't fictionalized. Yeah, like, that's that all she I'm saying. Lying. Yeah, she was, like, but, but yes, she saw, I, a reason, I, she saw a way to get out. She was overwhelmed by his yes. att- his affection yeah. for her. The old uh, thank yeah. you was like, ooh. Yes. Uh, so he joins the military. He becomes a medic. He sees some. But this whole but thing, we've awful seen, stuff. We've seen Full Metal Jacket. We don't yeah. need to right. see you going through, right. a, what was this, a half hour or 45 minutes of training yeah. to be in the military? Cut that And I think the other, problem, <laughs> the other problem is because we've seen Full Metal Jacket and movies like that, Like I'm not saying that the mili- military isn't tough i i couldn't do it oh it right? suck yeah but but it's but it's like i i'm like is it really like this now i mean i know this story is semi-autobiographical but like well, so it's not now right like this is 2002 okay but that's pretty now <laughs> this this is based on a book written by nico walker and he was put in jail for robbing banks so that whole part is part of the story he did go to the army ptsd i mean of course like all movies you know there is dramatization in it um but this lead character is more of a blank slate so the main character you never know his real name his he goes by cherry like right like i don't think his real name is cherry no, I, he's just they referred never to say his. his see, that's the thing. They never about this say movie. it. I but, didn't even notice that they didn't say his name. Yeah, I didn't either. But but I, they maybe refer to him once or something. But Cherry, I thought it was going to relate back to the military. Once he gets in action or whatever, they say, "Oh, you popped your cherry or whatever." And I thought, "Oh, right. so but or your fr- your frat." I don't know, but his no, they name definitely is, said that in the military. But th- no, they yeah. did. But then I looked back and I'm like, "Oh, his character name is Cherry." So I don't know what the deal with that is. But anyway, he's supposed to be more of a blank slate, and they didn't call him Nico. They didn't, you know, make it like this is a true story type of thing. But it is, and uh, the guy wrote this uh, biography, you know, his story while he was in jail, and I think it became a best selling book and stuff. And so this is all rooted in in reality, and you know, based on this guy's real story, but. I mean, some of the stuff that they tell in it is like, it, it's overkill. Like, they don't really get to the point of, again, the drug stuff and the PTSD. Like, you see all the stuff he goes through. And so, sure, you understand he's messed up. But I think based on all the media and all the things we know, like, you don't have to show us an hour of training in the military to have us understand he has PTSD. Like, it's yeah. now known and enough. I think this story would benefit from being smaller, not bigger. Yes, that's the. This is way overblown because they hook you in the beginning. He's a bank robber, right? Yeah, but they take which way is a, too like, long. I was I not was hooked into in the, the beginning. Oh, see, I was like, I was like, okay, like we're doing, we're telling this story where like he's kind of like the the hapless bank robber who just hap like he doesn't expect it to work, but it keeps working. I was like, okay, like I can get behind like the loser who like falls into being a bank robber but then when you get the rest of it it's like ah, i, I was instantly turned off by this movie but i mean even if you're okay and that's different then but i was gonna say even if you aren't hooked though this is a high you know this is like what seems to be a clean cut high school kid we find out in the movie his parents come from money they help them buy a house later on and stuff but it's like how did he become a bank robber like to me that is intriguing i'm gonna be if you show me like this character i'm gonna want to know why is tom holland robbing banks like that that I think is a good in theory. That's a good hook in the beginning, but then they go on this huge journey that I didn't need to see all of it to understand that. Um, I think it would have been 
you know, if they could maybe show some flashbacks to the war. That's what I was you thinking. Know, just you, like you have you have him wake up in a bed sweating yeah. from a flashback. Sprinkle right? in from a, some from like, a nightmare or why something. Why does he have PTSD? Like, Unveil the mystery over the movie. I, but like, I don't need 45 minutes yeah. of him. You know, and if you want to make a war movie, I have no problem. Yeah, with that. then make the I war think, movie. I think there's, I think there's <laughs> a there's a big open spot for that right now, yeah. because that and like westerns and war stuff, they those go through phases at this point, right? Like, yeah. you will get a bunch of them, and then we won't get any for like 15 years. So I think there's a spot right now for a war movie. Uh, <laughs> but getting it, getting a uh, a, sh- a war short film in the middle of this movie, yeah, I didn't need drug movie. It's it, 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 it's too unfocused. It's self indulgent, indulgent. It's up its own ass. Because- and it's it is just way do you, too unfocused. Okay, so do you think you could even make a drug movie anymore? And what I mean by that is, we've seen Train Spotting, mm-hmm. we've seen um, Requiem, Requiem. Like to me, yeah, you those can are, make. I mean, you. I mean, you can still make westerns, and we've seen spun. the Searchers and Unforgiven. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I just they that's still true. make mob movies, but, but like, and we've so seen like Goodfellas those, and Godfather. I those mean, movies you can it. tell different stories in them. Yeah, with with drug. People dealing with real addiction. I feel like there's there's nowhere else to go. Let's. I I think we should leave it at. You can make any movie. The right person That's fair. with That's the right fair. script yeah. can make any movie. You're you. If can you make a silent movie? Can you make a black and white movie? Yes, you can do all those things. You know what I mean? Like you can't really say that because the sky's the limit. Creativity. People. People can make amazing movies that you would never think are successful, and that's why they become successful. Like these huge hits are like, "Whoa, I've never seen anything like this," or you know what I mean? It's sure, it's so, sure, sure. You can, but this movie struggles to do it because it's too bloated. And all those I guess reasons. that's probably true. If you're gonna do it, you got to do it right. Well, and the other thing, or is make too, a good movie. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true talking, of anything. <laughs> yeah, right. but talking about stylized and all that stuff. The other thing I didn't like. So he's the narrator, and it's a very bad narration because you know they don't. You sh- I think in a film, to make a, a good film, show us, don't tell us, right? A narrator should add something extra to the film. It should be adding additional information. But when he's narrating, like, hey, look, what you are seeing on the screen is someone trying to rob a bank or break a safe or we have drugs. You know what I mean? Like, it, it added nothing to the story. And then sometimes he would break the fourth wall. And I didn't like it. And I love movies that break the fourth wall in the right way. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love it. I, it's Gary Shandling's show. Tom knows I'm addicted to that. He, <laughs> The whole show is him breaking the fourth wall, and that's what makes it so unique and inventive. Like, I'm not against breaking fourth walls, but in this movie, sometimes he did it, sometimes he didn't, and it did not fit with the movie. And there would be long phases where he didn't, and then when yeah. you do it again, you're like, oh, yeah, Whoa, we're doing we're this. Just, and yeah, and it's like, why are we doing this? It's like you're narrating normally, then sometimes you just randomly turn and break the fourth wall, and then you go back into it. So as the viewer, you're confused a little bit bit just because you're like okay are we waiting for him to tell us something breaking the fourth wall again or are we just watching his story you know it 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 messed up the the tone of the film because again i think it's like one of those things where they're like oh break the fourth wall it's artistic like we can do something screwy with this and i feel like they threw everything at the wall with like how can we make this movie yeah so artful you know and it just it dragged it down so we've talked about actors kind of having uh kind of like a blank check right Mm-hmm. Where uh, Daniel Radcliffe or uh, Elijah Wood mm-hmm. can kind of do whatever they want at this point, sure. right? Like they've got so much money from these two multi-billion-dollar franchises that they can do weird little horror they movies. They or, don't need the work. Yeah. So they, they don't can, need the work. I think yeah. it's a little different. Blank check is when you've done something so great and made so much money, they will give you money to make your art project. Yes. These, these you, p- 
people uh, that don't need money that you're mentioning can go and do something and take no money because they don't right. need it. That's so it's true. a little That's bit fair. different. They can do they can do no budget movies because they don't need it. Do you think the Russos? For a, I guess not the Russos in general, but do you think a director can do? I guess not blank check, but do you think they can do what mm-hmm. Elijah Wood and Daniel Radcliffe can do? Like, do you think there are directors that have made so much money that they can just do whatever they want, and Hollywood will let them do whatever they want? I think they can, but they'll get three hundred million dollars to do it. Like, once you make the biggest movie of all time financially, like. They, you're trusted for at least a little bit for a couple movies, right? Sure. And if there's no returns, it's different. But yeah, but I, with Russo's, I think it's a little different because they they didn't create that movie out of whole cloth, right? Like they they were they certain bits and pieces. They certainly steered the ship in the right direction and did an amazing job. And I don't mean to take that away from them at all. But let's not like they invented Iron Man and they wrote this right. story, like right. Mm. And so and and they stepped into a franchise that was already well established they just continued to make it good they were and, playing and with I, someone else's toys right and so it that that's a far cry from when you know James Cameron makes Titanic or George Lucas makes Star Wars or right Quentin like, Tarantino i mean he right. writes most you know everything yeah, except for th- Jackie Brown yeah and i think it's also harder i mean there are certainly times when a director kind of has that window of opportunity where nobody's going to say no to anything that comes out of, out of his or her mouth. Although historically, I think it's always been a his. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but but I also think it's more difficult because you're talking like it's a lot easier for an actor to go. I've got two hundred million dollars. I don't. I can live off the interest. I'm good. But when you're making a movie, you're you're still playing with somebody else's money. Sure. So you you still have to convince them. The the only kind of example that pops to my head of a director that has has kind of married those two things is Mel Gibson. Okay, so I think Mel. I think listen to me. I think Mel Gibson is a little bit different because he got himself oh, he's a little bit different. He is a little bit different, <laughs> but he also got himself into some trouble, right? Like, sure, but 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 before he got in trouble. I mean, he went and was like, I'm going to make a two-hour movie in, in a dead language about Jesus. And Did they said no. Did he do that no. before he got in trouble? Or was that after yeah. he got? Okay. No, I'm pretty sure that was before. Okay. Okay. And, I think so. And, uh, and you know, everybody was like, you're insane. And But he had the money, and he was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it anyway. And then he made a ton of money. Yeah. You know? That's true. And then he That's did it good... again with Apocalypto. Yeah. and then I was Which wasn't think... the same level of hit, but he could still had had the juice and the money. Yeah, and I said juice. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Mel Gibson, so I need to clarify. No, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah, yeah I get it. I get it. You know, but to to get this other weird movie made yeah. that no studio would have touched under normal circumstances. Totally. It's just it's interesting, and I I can see it. Like you don't want it. Nobody in their career wants to be pigeonholed. I mean, especially in an artistic career, right? You don't want to be early just... and early in their career. Yeah. And every everybody involved in this career. Tom Holland's only got what. Fall four five movies under his no probably more no than that, he's but. got more Tom Holland I okay Tom Holland's a very good actor and I think he does a good job with the material if Tom Holland was not in this movie it oh, would it be would have been like real borderline bad. unwatchable right like yeah. Tom Holland for what it's worth does. I mean, his performance is fine. It's just the material is not that strong, and and the story's way unfocused. But um, the 
the directors don't want to get pigeonholed being the superhero totally. guys. They're really, really good at it. But as directors, as artists, they want to tell stories that are more you know human and personal. They're not always going to try to tell a Greek myth or a superhero type thing. So I can see why they'd want to go the opposite direction. But sometimes when you are doing that knee-jerk reaction to something, you go way overboard. And I think this is the direct reaction to, we're not just superhero guys. Look right. at this that we can do. And it's like crazy they should have been i mean this story in an hour and a half cut out the army stuff could have been a pretty compelling interesting bank robber heist type movie you see why you flash back to why he's got the ptsd and then focus on why this opioid pandemic is there you know and and the healthcare system and and all that but like i'm not gonna buy like oh the banks charge me some overdraft fees i better so rob now them. that's not a reasonable you you're <laughs> robbing the banks because you screwed over your drug dealer like yeah, that's and, and you know what it's yeah. tough like I think I think there is kind of a I, I hesitate I'm hesitant to use the word funny mm-hmm. but I think there is a comedic movie here a little bit like they, mm-hmm. they try to drop some some comedy in here um, it's a it's a really tight line to walk mm-hmm. right because dealing with addiction um, is super triggering for a lot of people and when you try to like throw a comedy spin on it like that could look as like you're not taking it seriously you're you're making a joke out of sure. millions of people's but struggle. you could also like if you're going to make this edgy movie i mean this this is kind of going back to pain and gain i think the way you you do that is if if you want to have you can have it be funny in the beginning yeah and then at some point it shifts and it's not funny anymore right and, because i mean let's face it drugs are fun like if they weren't if they weren't fun people wouldn't do them Right. Like if if you took drugs and you immediately became a heroin addict out there blowing dudes for money like you'd be you would never do it. But that's that's not how it starts. Right. If it it started like that, you wouldn't do it unless you just like blowing dudes. I mean, I don't care. But you do. You You don't need the heroin for that. that. Or you do this dude, but don't do it because you need money for heroin. Right. And so so, I mean, they they are fun. That's the problem. Right? But that's the it's, tone yeah. of the movie, right? So, like, right. train spotting, funny. There's lots of humor in train spotting, mm-hmm. and people are like ODing and run, like running from cops and stuff. And like, th- you can have a movie that deals with serious subjects or like pressing subjects, uh, you know. And I think even Requiem for a Dream has like lighthearted, not towards the end certainly, but like in the <laughs> beginning, it's all it's all fun and games as there's <laughs> pawn and TVs and all that. And you know, there's some funny moments. And there you have Marlon Wayans, who I think it's a funny story when it's not your TV. Yeah, totally. yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, and so you can do it, but the problem is this movie, again, that's the tonal imbalance of it. They try to do this artsy thing with all these stylized things, and then they try to tell this really important story about PTSD and mental health and drug addiction, but then they don't really ever focus on those things because there's so much going on, and then if you're trying to be serious like that, sometimes the humor, if not done right, can take it out of it, and these yeah. people clearly know humor, community, arrested development, you know, there's uh, funny sure. stuff. I won't Avengers mention you, me, and Dupree. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like the, the Avengers have comedic beats in them. Sure, absolutely, yeah, they know Those they know humor. Right. The, the MCU movies have some very very funny moments. Yeah. Uh-huh. But this yeah. movie doesn't. It, it it's just doesn't have the the right tone for that. And so I don't ever remember really laughing during this movie. I feel like there's one scene that kind of sums up this movie. Okay. And it's when he's working at the restaurant. And the owner like introduces him to his like cousin that just got out of jail that keeps mm. talking about. But do you have the courage to 
blow a head, put a gun to a guy's head and blow his brains out. Oh, right. He says it like five times. Yeah, I forgot about that guy, the drunk guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and like and it's like a five minute scene, and he's he's at the bar and he's t- telling the story. He keeps saying it, and he's talking about how he's going to join the army, and the guy's like, "But do you have the courage to do this?" And then he's like. And then he's like, oh, well, I got to go home. You're too drunk. I'll take you home. What? No, maybe. And then, then he drove me home and blah, blah, blah. And then that scene ends. Do you remember how that scene ends? Does it end with him, like, smashing the... It ends with Tom Holland saying, and I never saw him again. Why are we wasting time with this stupid son of a bitch that added nothing to the story and you will never see him Again, that's a good point. I forgot. They thought that, he yeah. was imparting some kind of wisdom to like, the character. What the hell? And that's how they delivered it. But yes, that does feel like a lot of this movie. Like, why are we putting all this, like the training stuff? And again, we know the army's hard. We know that they're trying to toughen you up. Like when you're out there and you're, you know, bullets are whizzing by your head, and a guy just got shot, and you got to drag him off the battlefield. You can't be a sissy. Like, yeah, they're trying yeah. to toughen you up. But we know that you don't need to show us 45 minutes of him in his underwear, duck walking around, crawling through barbed wire thing. Like, dude. If We've seen that in a million movies. If you're gonna show that, then you need to sh- then you need to show us something new because yes. we've seen it, right? Yeah, like, right, right, right. You're just you're doing times. a redux of a yeah. much better movie, and yeah. he's fine in those scenes. It looks like Tom Holland's going through the crap, and it's hard and all that. But like, what did that add to? If you told me this guy was a drug addict and he had PTSD, and we flash back to a few traumatic moments in the army, yeah. boom, it's done. I get it? Like <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. You can say my best friend was blown up in front of me. Yeah. You know, like that's okay. Done. You can see his friend in one dream sequence and watch it happen. Boom. Done. Like, yeah. so I just think the way that they, you know, clearly they were given a lot of, uh, you know, well, it says forty million on Wikipedia, but this movie looks a lot bigger with the army. It's a great looking movie. For forty million dollars. I mean, that, I mean, okay, if it's only forty million dollars, I'm not saying anything. This about the movie's writing. amazing. No, I'm just no, no, not no. the writing or anything. But holy crap, if they did this truly for forty million dollars, that's amazing. First of all, but was this directly to Apple or did yeah. Apple pick this up? No, I think this. Oh, I, I think that, it got picked up. Was it picked up? Oh, I thought it was an Apple. Uh, yeah, they acquired company. distribution rights to the film in September 2020 oh, okay. for around 40 million. So, like, oh. they basically covered the production cost of the film, and then it got oh. released theatrically in February. So, so Apple paid 40 million. This movie probably cost about a well. That's what I'm wondering. I wonder if the production budget was really 40 or if this number's from them buying it because I can't imagine this is 40. I think this is like we're in a pandemic. We spent 120 million on this movie and it's making zero and I think Apple said I'll pay you 40. I You're don't like, think this budget's 40. I really don't. Yeah. Not with the stars and the directors and the the going to war and all. I mean that's a lot of How much do you think Tom Holland garners though? I, bet like, he's I, a, I just mean that like in I general, bet he's like, like a five million starting but player. This, this also point. feels like the kind of movie that he'd take a pay cut for. No, he could have. He totally could have. Yeah. But I'm just saying, though, you got the Russos, two of the biggest directors out there right now. You have Tom sure. Holland, a huge star. I just like, don't know. What, I, I don't know what actors get at the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And But yeah. it's like I don't feel like Tom Holland opens a movie. He opens a Spider-Man movie. But uh, he doesn't. I, I think he's pretty much like this modern day. I mean, he's. I know it's weird to say, but I think he is a Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise of his time. I think with really, I think he could be, but I'm just saying thus far, name name a name a hit movie with Tom Holland that's not Spider Man. No, but I just think that because you know how superhero movies are, like you know, it's the same thing that Spielberg and Scorsese rail against and all that. It's like. Spider Man, the character, and these superhero movies are such are the biggest things that happen in pop culture right now. And I feel like he's a freaking rock star, and all he has to do is be Spider Man, like he is Spider Man. 
And no, he's great yeah, in Spider-Man. No, yeah, totally. I'm, not, I'm not saying he's not. Yeah. I just I'm I just don't know that people are like I got to see the new Tom Holland movie. Well, I, I yeah, I agree. Like that that's when I, Spider-Man's I over and he has to figure out a way to where Daniel Radcliffe kind of got pigeonholed is because they've made so many of those movies so fast because they had to they had to right, right. they didn't have a choice the clock he never that's got all he did he didn't let himself get pigeonholed well what i mean is like that's all he did for what a decade 15 years <laughs> but it's not all he did that's what i'm saying he was doing Broadway but he didn't do anything in between stuff was yeah. he doing was he doing things what i'm saying is radcliffe for 15 years of his life was basically harry potter filming a harry potter movie where Tom Holland does not have that, yeah. he, he can. He, there, there's enough breaks for Tom Holland sure. where he can do Spider-Man, do the Avengers, take a little bit of a break, do something in there. Come, you know what I'm saying? Like he's not. And Holland for, has the advantage. All these MCU guys have the advantage of like they can play these characters without committing to a nine month shoot of a major motion picture, right? Like he can, I mean, yes, he can, he can make a Spider-Man movie and they need him every day, but he can also make an end game and he can be there for six weeks. Mm -hmm. Sure. And then go go on to do something else. And then he was still out there in a high profile way as Spider-Man, but he didn't have to carry an entire movie. Right. But I think that's what the problem we're getting to is. I think, I think he is, a rock star and I think that he's in demand and you he is making a ton of movies right now and he doesn't make those type of movies if he if they didn't think he was bankable but will people show up chaos walking is terrible the one with Daisy Ridley oh yeah is he's terrible. doing uncharted too right uncharted he, as he's well. doing uncharted with Mark Wahlberg he did chaos walking which was with Daisy Ridley he did the uh, the devil all the time which I thought was another that was excellent. good that I, was a good yeah. role of his but see he's working consistently like they're sure, giving sure, him sure. a lot of projects and they're trying to make it a thing but he's got to be in the right projects if he keeps doing movies like this and chaos walking which you know they want to be big hits and like chaos walking is a book series it's another one of those YA like let's get three more of these type of things going but you know was that those, released I Did that, think it's out now. Okay. Yeah. It's, and theaters. It's a theater, theatrical thing. Well, so it doesn't count. Didn't do very much, but... <laughs> well, nothing uh, does. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, I think Tom Holland is not the problem here, though. We we can all agree. He's a very yeah, good absolutely. actor. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, uh, yeah it will, only time will tell if he keeps taking projects that are, you know, lackluster and just depends. You know, he's got to do some more big ones. Like, if Uncharted's a huge hit, that could be gigantic for you know him and and being an a-lister and all that but um so i think we should just skip over he goes through war he loses his friend i mean all this it's like this is an yeah, hour and he, a half into the movie now he comes home right, he comes home and he's got his wife and they've got this house and he just can't get it get ahead right like the the bank is screwing him on overdraft fees um i mean he, that is such a that Big I agree like, with you. I get it. I agree and, with and that's you. a real thing, and I hate them and all that. But like his life didn't go downhill because of the overdraft fees. Yeah. So like, big whoop. And I don't think that the movie's trying to get you to say like this is his motivation for robbing banks. I feel like it's in there to get you to be like, yeah, banks suck. Who cares? Yeah, that's if they the sympathy. Them? Yeah, and, totally. But at the same time, it's like it's not the bank he's putting a gun's face in. It's some some poor lady who's making nine dollars an hour. Yeah. Right, yeah. and then you know he gets a construction job uh, with another buddy of his who also went to the military, and he's a mess. Like he comes back and he's a mess. So, and it looks like he's further along in his mess than Tom Holland at this point. So yeah. he's drinking all the time. He jumps out of a car, a moving car, um, and so Tom Holland starts to abuse 
uh, Xanax. He has major PTSD. You know, and this is what the movie's trying to say, although they felt they had to show us every single step of his journey. But, like, we get what he went through, and they're saying, like, this guy's messed up. And what they're the point they're making is, again, the government, there's not enough assistance for veterans. The, the medical system's messed up. Like, he needed help when he came back from putting his life on the line and dragging dead bodies out of the line of fire. Like, he needed help. And so yeah. they're showing us the aftermath of that. Um, and so that's really the point they're trying to hammer home, but they never really, they don't focus on what the government could be doing more. You know what I mean? They don't really dive into it. They're just showing you that he didn't have the help he needed, you know? And I don't, I feel like maybe they could have went after the actual cause of these issues a little more. You well, that's, you know, but, you're talking real world. Like that's, you know, like, so he goes to, he goes to see a psychiatrist and what's the first thing the psychiatrist prescribes him? Oxycontin, like for PTSD. And it's like, well, that's it. Like once, once, once you, once you get that prescribed, which is, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, like every time I've been hurt or I've had surgery, that's the first thing they prescribe me mm-hmm. as a painkiller. And if you aren't careful and anybody yeah. who has an addictive personality, you get one taste of that and you're like, Oh shit. Like that's, that's the good stuff. And, and, and that's not going to Then cure. you fall down this. No, it's not a cure. Because it's not that's, a, but see his, his, uh, problem his ptsd can't be cured by a pill you know i mean sure if you have the right prescription i'm not a doctor but if you have the right prescription you play one on the podcast i get yes exactly and and doogie doogie web browser and (laughs) so web browser (laughs) so if yeah because i have uh what is it webmd webmd yeah so tells me everything so of, of course you can prescribe medicine that will help you with things but you need psychology he needs to be going to a therapist constantly he needs to get rid of all these things that he's waking up in a cold sweat from these nightmares about his best friend dying and and smelling their charred bodies and all this stuff that we end up seeing, which again, that stuff is effective. It was just too much of the time spent on it, but you know, he's taken these drugs and he's going to take one, feel better for a little bit, and then it's going to wear off. What's he going to do? Right. More drugs, more, more, more. He's never solving the problem, right? He's treating the, the symptoms, not the cause. Correct. 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 Yes. He's treating the symptoms, not the cause. Take it. I feel bad again. I need more drugs. And so he goes in a downward spiral and eventually he doesn't have the money to. Well, eventually he drags his wife down with him like his wife is so fed up. And, you know, rather than leaving him, which apparently they just they're in, in this just this toxic relationship where she can't leave and he won't let her leave. She well, starts doing the drugs, too. But you're right, though. Going back to your point earlier, when it comes to the wife. He is an asshole. Like, I mean, and again, he has issues. But what I'm saying is, like, the fact that she stayed with him is incredible. Like, that's true love, you know, not leaving and trying to help the person you love. Is it love? Is that true love? It's not. the. Yeah. I I think. Well, no, I I mean, she could just leave because it's hard. True love is her leaving. Yeah, I don't know that the love is what was making her stay. I think it was a whole host of other issues. You know what I mean? Like, But I I I think she cared about him. She didn't want to just leave him to die in his drug-induced I just don't know that we should define love as sticking with someone treating you like that. There's a there comes a there comes a point, and uh, Tom, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think you might know this world more than me. (laughs) Uh, There comes a point where you have to leave. Yeah, like Like, you cannot help them, no matter how much you love them. Yeah, if they're not going to help themselves, then there's only so much you can do, and you have to leave or have them escorted from the house by the local police. Sure, (laughs) hypothetically. Sure. No, good point. Maybe I misspoke. My whole point is though, yeah. she, that going didn't get tough, and she just left. She loved him, and she stuck yeah. by him, and and he treated her like crap. And so, I, totally, it, I think I think the people that you see that survive this life have a good support system. Yes, if she left, he'd be dead. 
I, I think the point I'm trying to make is is a little bit more nuanced. I'm not saying that she didn't love him. Yeah. I'm saying I don't think it's her love of him that kept her there. I think her staying while he's treating her like that is a character flaw that's indicative of other issues that are wrong with her. Sure. It's not it's the not codependency. Of, it's not proof of love that she stayed and tolerated that right that behavior yeah that I, you know what i mean like because that that's a dangerous message to send because to our tens of listeners uh, <laughs> oh and i don't think that, anyone is picking that up yeah. from what i'm saying i just i do think she cared about him and she did she didn't want to see him yeah. she didn't want to see him die and and by you know by overdosing and so she she stuck with him even though he acted you know treated her like crap and she tried to get him the help he needed and uh, eventually he pulls her into his mess because like he can't get clean and you know she she just joins him. He just yeah. joins him in yeah. this in this pit of badness. Yeah, uh, to the to the point where like he has to set an alarm on his phone to take a oh. take a dose to her at her job so yeah. she doesn't start getting dope sick. Yeah, it's like it's, it's you know. It's, and and now this part, see, this is I think on the back half to last third is interesting, and they should have got there way faster. But like this stuff because it is real. Like to see what people go through that are that dependent on drugs. That yeah, she's going to school and she has to like take a bathroom break, quote unquote, or whatever, and leave and go shoot up in the middle, or else she'll get sick and she'll get, get dope sick. Yeah, yeah. I mean that is that drives the point home of like how terrible it is to be addicted to drugs. Like this stuff I think was really good. I, I think it was effective the way they presented it. Um, you know, I just think that they should have chosen, you know, a focus of their movie. Um, but yeah, so they both get into it and like, they don't have money. Like this stuff's getting expensive, right? Like they, they don't make enough money. Um, they, they can't pay for all these drugs. And so he eventually, what he meets up with pills and Coke is the guy that like, he's the drug dealer that, you know, he ends up getting all his stuff from. Yeah. And so he's meeting with this guy and this guy's like, I can't front you any more money and all this. They're not paying their debts for these drugs and all that. And then what does he say? He says, I can help like keep this safe for me. Keep this safe for me. Which again, if you're entrusting a drug addict yeah. with a safe, you're a bad drug dealer. And this is <laughs> like, like what do you think is going right? Yes. Like, oh, totally. Totally. This is this whole scene where he, they're like, he, they take the safe, uh, and they're trying to get it open. I do love the scene where his buddy's like, oh, he worked for a locksmith. He's got his ear to the safe and he's turned the lock. And he's like, no, I have no idea what I'm yeah. doing. I can't I, help you. Like, I liked this part. Again, I wish we would have just skipped the war stuff, got in glimpses of it. And if we got into a movie that was this, which is more like train spotting esque or whatever, which is more like silly and like, look at these drug addicts doing all this stuff that's it's so ridiculous pulling the safe with a truck throwing it off the roof of a house like i don't know i enjoyed those antics but you're right it's like this guy knew it was in the safe they didn't know you know they thought maybe there right. was just a few bags of weed or whatever in there well but no the gal does go she's like y- you have a drug dealer safe like that's where the good stuff is right but they don't know that i'm just saying they're just trying to get like a few whatever's in there and like he knows what's in there he entrusted these people because he is not thinking that they're gonna go like they're not gonna mess with all this but they bust this thing open eventually and it is like it's insane the safe is packed with probably hundreds of thousands of dollars of drugs that this drug dealer is supposed to distribute and now these junkies have access to all of them and they go through this bender of just like doing all these drugs and then the next day what happens this guy comes to get his drugs yeah no, and he thinks it's funny now i yeah. i do think partially this is on him which of course he would never think it amount to this but you don't go to a bunch of drug addicts who are going to be scared of the police and then do a joke of open up it's the police yeah like, right right i get frustrated with this movie being semi-autobiographical because it 
like there are so many things in this movie that I'm just like that doesn't make any sense <laughs> and I don't know if it's true and it actually happened yeah. that way or if it's just lazy screenwriting but like like this moment feels really stupid it is really stupid because what a dumb thing like you know if you think you've, you know how drug addicts work this guy's a drug dealer like you don't don't even mess around with that because of course if the cops are there of course they're gonna go try to flush all the stuff yeah. are you stupid they think the cops are there and they have a safe full of drugs so it's horrible and you do feel bad for them aside from the stupid situation but they flush these 200,000 or whatever crazy amount of drugs they're there and then he's like hey I'm here for the safe and they have nothing at this point. And so he, of course, gets them from someone else. He's, you know, he's just a middleman. And right. so now they're all dead if they don't figure this out. And so they get into robbing banks to pay for, you know, like seriously go on a spree to try and to get the, the money. That's back what the next 30 to 95,000 yeah. minutes are is uh is him robbing banks in kind of a comical manner like he like you said like the thing from zombie land where he's like giving you tips on how to rob a bank and yeah. like looking directly at the camera it and just then, didn't it didn't work here though no. i agree it didn't yeah. work um so robbing these banks and finally uh his we drug finally dealer, like what two hours the, two hours and 15 minutes later we go to the opening of the movie where he goes in the bank and then it's like right. the angels shine light down upon this bank teller or whatever like you know the yeah. very last one we finally because yeah. i'm like is he in love with her like i did not understand yeah. the opening right because he's like i saw her and she was there or whatever and i'm like is this how he meets the love of his life it was so confusing i still don't get what was supposed to be so rev- it was, revelatory about her she he had hit rock bottom and this like the, the way i interpret it at this point is like he knew that this is my last one i cannot keep living this life i cannot keep doing this my girl my wife has already been put into like OD'd in a hospital um so she's like all out of the movie at this point oh yeah that's tough and the parents are just like it you is need a- and I like the mom where she's like either you leave her I'm gonna yeah. kick your fuck off ass yeah and I was like that's the not that, the dad I'm like that's yeah. the mom and I was like yeah oh, and it's true probably it's like, do that. he did do this to her and, yeah oh yeah, yeah. He, he brought her into this life yeah. Um, and that's when so the way she comes I out of as... she comes out of the hospital and rehab and then he's like leave and she's like I'm not going to like, and then she gets high again. And then they get into it, yeah. Right. So he has to, he goes to Rob. I, I took that as like he knew this was his last chance. So but why like, did they focus see- on that teller so much? All she is, all that teller is, is the same teller as everybody else except for her. He's like, sound the alarm. For, they were trying because to make I it think, like, oh, I it's an epiphany. Th- like, she's yes. the yeah. last That's, w- Yes. But not, not this teller in general. Like, that teller could have been anybody. Of course. But this one teller was going to be the one that oh. could help him why open the movie like she is i the, agree with you <laughs> next coming of christ that he found at this bank when it's just like they opened it with basically his last job and then we see all this stuff and he gets there like i don't know i thought that was stupid let's just put it simply That's... i gotta tell you this movie should have ended here this is where it should have ended i did oh that ending is pretty okay I, we'll get I, okay right, so, so he gets he so well, he, i mean this ending right now so he, he walks away He's walking. He sees all the cops show up. He's walking down the street. He fires in a his twenty gun minute three like tra- tracking shot, right? So artistic, right? Let's yeah. track him all the way, hopping a fence and down a thing, and taking his socks off and shooting up in the street. And the cops are in the background. It takes him ten more minutes to come to. Yeah, him. Like, this is how it should have ended. <laughs> well, like okay. if you're gonna do this movie, it ends with him but shooting this is, up. But this is the real guy's story, right? So I Nico guess that's Walker. That's I mean, fair. the whole point is his redemption from all this, and he is better now, and he's a best selling author and all that. So Tom Holland goes to jail. And they just show him in jail doing his class, detoxing, writing, and all this stuff, right? Six years later. Okay. Tom Holland is 24. He looks like he's about 16, right? 
So this guy at this point, he's been to college, he's been to war, six years have passed, whatever. He's probably supposed to be in his 30s. They're like, let's make Tom Holland old, uh, asterisk, mustache, asterisk impossible. Let's make Tom <laughs> Holland old and aged. Hey, look, it's 16-year-old looking Tom Holland with a mustache. That yeah, was the most like ridiculous. He was in a high school play. That was did, the most yeah. ridiculous aging I have ever seen. And these filmmakers should have had a better way of aging him than putting a funny mustache on him. Like, that was just, no. I mean, it should have been like a twirly one. Put a just give yeah. him some makeup, some or put pros- a beard on some him. prosthetics though to make him look old. Some wrinkles, like he looked like yeah. a kid. If you with can a make mustache. Joseph Gordon-Levitt look like a young Bruce yes. Willis. You can make Tom Holland look. So old. I thought that was ridiculous. I was, I think I laughed out loud. I'm like, are you serious? It's it's him <laughs> looking the same with a mustache. He just slicked his hair back. Oh, he's old and a now. mustache. Yeah, yeah, so he's an old man. But now. he gets out of jail and there's no words. It's like, oh no, he, the prison guard. He is sees like, it. He sees it. He thinks he's alone, and then in the background, like behind him, a car door opens and there his wife yeah and she looks at him and they smile or whatever and then it ends. like let's let's not put these two back together what a horrible ending to a movie yeah like like yeah. first off it's like it just feels so misguided like that's there's nothing about that that is a happy ending to me i'm like anybody that knows anything about addiction is like you you you're not supposed to get back with the person that you got addicted with like it that, you got to get away from that it whole just starts part of your cycle life. all over again so and I'm like, so I'm supposed to be happy that this that this girl put her life on hold for what fifteen years. years? Like this guy only got six years for robbing I that. Many was, maybe I'm conflating with something. No, else. It, I, no I think you are because I thought it said he went to jail from 2007 to 2000, and he gets out in 2021. Oh, it was that long. Oh, he just got oh, out. So Tom Holland's supposed to be like 45 with the mustache then? Okay, <laughs> yeah. <'cause> that, <laughs> okay, maybe that's... I'm thinking it's been a month since I've seen it. But at the time, I probably knew it. And I was like, whoa. Cause it was, so he got out this year? N- not in real life. That's just how they structured oh, the oh, film. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. Okay, okay, so she waited that long. Which I'm not trying to say against waiting for people or whatever. But they had a screwed up situation. Mm-hmm. And like... I don't know, but but the hap- this like, is I, not the person you wait for. This yeah. is not like like, and I'm not saying he can't come out and and be a good person, but this is but this is not you the don't per- get to have that relationship. This is not the person you wait for, and the, and, right. and and she's not she shouldn't be waiting for him. So like that's not a happy ending. All I saw was somebody who wasted the prime of her life waiting for this guy who might come out and fall right back into these patterns people do it all the time and like it sounds like in real life this guy hasn't so good for him like i'm not trying to begrudge him that but but like but that is not that's not something you want to bank or build a life around like that's not no but it since this i mean okay i've moved two minds of this but i think to give credit to the guy that wrote the story this is adapted from his is a happy ending, so I think you do have to show that he is clean and got a second chance at life. And he was a good person before he got all into this. I mean, he was just a punk kid, but like, yeah. I don't think Cherry was a bad person. So he went through a lot of crap. He cleaned up his life, and based on the real life, Nico Walker, it's like, yeah, he he now he is has his second chance. So like, I do think they kind of have to end it like that. But I do believe the girlfriend wife is a dramatization, and they made that up. And so that's where the problem came. He didn't have a wife that waited. For oh, I see. I, I'm pretty positive. I'll look into that. But um, well, he's I, married to like a, a poet now, like the like Rachel Rabbit White. Okay. So, but I so see. I don't think that that relationship. I think that was all dramatized for this story, and so they're kind of making up that this girl waited for him, and now they're back together. So you're mixing the real story of him getting clean and writing the book and getting out of jail with this whole through line of high school or 
college girlfriend to, you know, drugs and, and overdosing and waiting and all that. So, you know, I agree, like the message they're sending is a little messed up, but it's like, I don't think you can even say like, oh, well, people relapse like this guy isn't the guy that you wait for because like he did get better. So, you know what I mean? It's a confusing right. cross between the two. Yeah, I just but I mean, I don't know. I think if you're going to make this movie, you need to know how addiction works. Yeah. And she's not there. Like you don't get to have like you, your happy ending is you got out of jail alive. Like, right. That, like, I, I think ending. a better ending is him getting out of jail and kind of like you see him starting to rebuild. And yeah, instead yeah. of. Of like going and, right back to the marriage that yeah, and the pretty girl waited the whole time. Yeah, like, yeah, they tried to do that storybook cliched. Yeah, know, just yeah. it and, didn't and work. It wasn't work. earned either. Like, That's I, what I mean. No, it was not earned at all. Because yeah. even before drugs, this relationship was was kind of rocky. Like the whole scene in in the bar where she shows up with the guy from Ghana. And like, okay, see, I liked that scene. I'm not saying they didn't like the scene. I'm saying that like, but it's it's not like they had this storybook romance and so sure, war sure, sure. and drugs took over. Can I right? tell you like, that I ha- I have had that exact experience with a girlfriend? Are you serious? Exactly the same. So I worked at a blockbuster, right? No, no, no lies out of school. Uh, worked, uh, dated this girl from high school about ha- till like 2005 2006 uh-huh. she knows where i work right so i'm working behind the counter one night and who walks in the door with her new boyfriend but this girl and it's like i can i turn because you know we're supposed to say hi welcome to blockbuster i'm a douchebag yeah uh i turn and look at least you were honest I, well yeah you know it's one of my <laughs> nah whatever uh yeah <laughs> i turn and look <laughs> And I'm j- I just stop, and it's like, are you kidding? Like you know of where all the I blockbusters, work. Blockbusters, you had to walk into my. And I gotta tell you, there weren't many left at that point. So <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> that's, that's maybe why she showed. Then you go somewhere else. You go to a, actually, you can't go. To any, doesn't matter. But but were you guys? But were you guys that serious? Were you getting? Oh ready to go yeah, out? like we were we were engaged. Oh, okay, okay. Like, right. That's we what were, I want to clarify. Was, yeah, like, we were very serious. And like, because this is weird. She doesn't like break up with them because they have a bad breakup. She's like, I have to go to school. I love you or whatever. Or I care about you. But like, I need to go do this and all that. And then she shows up with a guy like that was such Walked a crappy. into my job. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Verbatim. That's verbatim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True story. So, Actually happened. But, yeah, they were, I mean, yeah, they both did crappy things throughout the movie. I was dating Leanne at the time. Like, we had just started dating, and I was like, you're never yeah. going to believe what just happened. <laughs> well, but you had moved on, so you can't really care that much at that point. Bull. Maybe she, you you still care? I mean, I cared enough that my else? ex-girlfriend brought her new boyfriend in to show him off at work. Yeah. I, I get it. It's it, it does. It feels very yes, performative. Yes. I could see how someone yeah. could calculate it, make a calculated move, but... Like it's not like you're in the grocery store and she's in the grocery <laughs> you store. You came to my path. job. You came she's to, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> right. true. No, yeah, but go. That's what. That's what Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. if it exists for you now, yeah, right. Yeah, this was a mess. A family video. This was that was still around. Yeah, this was this was a bloated. Yeah. This was uh, yeah. self indulgent mess, unfocused mess, and it's a shame. Like Tom Holland, really good actor, and I mean, I thought the girlfriend uh, Sierra Bravo. Did they hire her because she had a military name? Yeah, they're like her name Sierra have, Bravo. We have to hire her. Hire her now. Um, but yeah, I mean, she was fine too. It's just the material was lacking, and at the end of the day, I didn't care about any of them as they tried to make you do for two and a half hours, and that's where it ultimately. Fails. Yeah, it was. I was like, I've never, I never. I couldn't tell you the last time I was this impatient with yeah. a film. I was mad that I. Had to keep. And you've got a four-hour like movie I, coming up soon, so I hope you like those. Oh, characters. buddy! Well, we do, just not in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, not? I hope you like these specific characters because four hours, Tom. 
Almost double this. We got the Snyder Cut next week. It's four hours. <laughs> wow. Cool. So uh, anyway, I guess that's it for this one. Let's go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. This is Kevin. And you can follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. And don't forget our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers, where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content and you help us out. And we like you a little extra. So that's it for this week. Apparently next time we're doing the Snyder Cut. Jesus Christ. And uh, until then, Sam killed Joe. Get ready for a spoiler Won't say it twice Cause we already warned you Better watch out It's gonna ruin the plot Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.